Chapter 18 After agreeing the outline of a plan, we decided to return to the castle. As we walked up the steps to the castle door, the door opened, and out came mine and Millie's parents. In our absence, the Baron had continued to show his tour group around the castle, no doubt bragging about even more trinkets and trophies from his colourful life. We politely said goodbye and thank you to the Baron, and turned to leave. It was my pleasure, boomed the Baron. If you're ever back in Orsk, you're more than welcome to return. I didn't even get a chance to show you the orangery. It was built based on the designs of the orangery at Kensington Palace. As fascinating as that sounded, I was glad to be heading back to the cottage and away from Orsk Castle. The Baron was a strange man who was somewhat obsessed with his wealth and possessions. I got the impression he did not get too many visitors as his people skills were not great. Or perhaps that was just how Barons behave. I had nothing to compare it to. There was something strange about the castle as well. It was an amazing building and everything was in such amazing condition, not like some dilapidated old buildings that my parents had taken me to. It was almost too perfect. The Baron clearly had some serious money to throw about, despite one or two business misadventures. There was also a strange atmosphere about the visit. It was hard to pinpoint, but the tour had been very odd. As we got back into the car, Mon turned around to me and said, Not as clear as folk, eh, love? Strange chap, that Baron. Still, nice of him to show us his castle. My mum had a wonderful way of summing everything up rather succinctly. Yes, he was a bit odd, wasn't he? I replied. Now, how's your new best friend? Mum asked cheekily. You two were gone a while, weren't you? Sad old business about her dad, weren't it, poor girl? She's okay now, I replied. I think she was probably just shocked to see her dad's picture when she wasn't expecting it. We just went for a bit of a walk, that's all. You're a good friend, Peter, chipped in Dad. He turned around and smiled. I smiled back. I was very quiet for the rest of the journey back to the cottage. I have to admit, I felt pretty tired by this point, but I was also focusing on the night ahead. Firstly, how would I get out? And secondly, what would happen? Our plan was pretty scant, to say the least. Essentially, the plan was to go to the airfield and see what happens. I did have one or two butterflies. Was it too late to change my mind? I spent most of that evening trying to convince myself that all was going to be fine. On a couple of occasions, I almost told my parents about everything, but then we would never find out the truth. It was at times like this, I wish I was more like Finney. He wouldn't have got nervous, or at least he wouldn't have showed it. He would have just made a joke and got on with it. I tried to channel my inner Finney. I took myself off to bed early, not long after our evening meal. I said I was going to read, but I was really going to try and get a few precious hours sleep before sneaking out again. Much to my surprise, I fell asleep straight away. I was awoken by my watch alarm vibrating. The time was 12.30am. The house was completely silent, apart from the sound of my father gently snoring away. I repeated last night's routine to the absolute letter, and once again was successful in sneaking away unnoticed. I ran to the end of the drive, and there was Millie, waiting for me. Immediate then, slaw coach, teased Millie. You're early, I responded. Anyway, the main thing is, we both made it here. Are you ready? I can eat. Millie was clearly full of adrenaline and ready for whatever the night was going to bring. She was very much like Finney in that way, ready for life's next adventure. It was a quality that I greatly admired and one that I found it hard to replicate, but not tonight. So, what's the plan, Bear Girls? Millie laughed. She just couldn't take anything seriously. Well, I thought about this. 
we should approach the main building from behind. There are very few windows on that side. That way, if there are people watching out, they're much less likely to spot us, I reasoned. Okay, after you, Millie said. We walked around the perimeter fencing, past the sign I'd spotted when walking with my parents a few days prior, and found a hole in the fence directly behind the main building. We kept low to the ground and slowly made our way towards the building. The grass was long and wet and the ground uneven, which made progress a little laborious. It was a windy night, but dry and relatively mild, which at least meant we were not too cold. We progressed from being roughly 30 to 40 metres from the building and the runway when we suddenly heard voices. We quickly hid in the long grass, peering out in the direction that we thought the noise was coming from. Then, exiting a side door of the building came three men. I quickly and quietly took out my dad's binoculars. I peered through them at the men for a few seconds and gasped. Without saying a word, I passed the binoculars to Millie, who in turn took one look and almost dropped the binoculars in shock. Three familiar faces.